to episode 7 of the Game Pit Podcast. I'm Ronan and with me Sean again this week. And this week we are having a pit fight episode. Sean, what are we going to be talking about today? So what we're going to be doing is throwing three superhero games into the pit so they can battle it out. The three games we're going to be talking about mainly today are the DC deck building game, Legendary, a Marvel deck building game, and Sentinels of the Multiverse. You can catch all our episodes along with other written, audio and video gaming goodness at 2d6.org. this particular episode was that we're both big comic book stroke superhero fans and there's long been a real dearth of actual superhero board games there has been some around but they've usually been a really cheap tacky aimed at a children's market the only one of real note really has been marvel heroes which both myself and ronan played and enjoyed it was a game but there wasn't really enough around now with these three games coming on the market it seems to have opened up a bit of a floodgate. And now you've got games like Heroes of Metro City on the horizon. Batman Gotham City has already come out, and we've both had a game of that. And Batman Arkham City Escape is on the horizon as well. So they do, do seem to be opening the floodgates. What do you think, Ronan? I think for sure it's a kind of strange thing that's been going on. You'd think that board games and comic book heroes would go hand in hand, and that before now they would have been much more on the market. It's kind of strange that three relatively similar games and that they're all card games have now kicked off a bit of a wave. Obviously, with the success of the Marvel movies and what have you, superheroes are, are more in the mainstream. But let's face it, board gaming isn't exactly in the mainstream. You'd have thought the two things, they, they would have linked up before now. Well, absolutely. I think if you look at Essen, part of the Essen show is actually a comic book show. And it's just really weird how the two didn't merge together. I think probably what's been the main instigator of this is the real success that comic book films and superhero uh, films are having now worldwide in the the movie theatres. I think that's had a knock-on effect and board game designers and distributors have jumped on the bandwagon a little bit. Right, so we're going to start off by giving you a brief description of the three games, give you an idea of what they're like, and then we're just going to chat through some general categories and chat about our thoughts on them. And at the end, we're going to really pit them together, give you our honest opinions on the three, how they play, how we like them, how we think they look going forward, and then we're going to try and choose one game to come on top out of this superhero pit fight. First of these three games that came out was Sentinels of the Multiverse. It first appeared on Kickstarter in 2011. It's from Greater Than Games, and their only range of games so far has been in the Sentinels of the Multiverse line. Um, they are bringing out one other one now, which is Galactic Strike Force. And the designers are Christopher Bedell, Paul Bender, and Adam Rebataro. Unlike the other two, Sentinels is not a deck building game, but it is a card game. There are three different types of decks of cards you're going to have. 
One set of these are decks are different villains, which will have different powers and play very differently. And it's the goal of the heroes to defeat the villain before they defeat them. That's the only win conditions and lose conditions. Either one side wins or they lose on defeating the other side. Now that villain deck is run by AI. You're going to draw cards and it's going to do something. And there's going to be attacks against the heroes and what have you. And it's all run on a hit point system. The next set of cards are the hero cards. Now you can play from between two to five players. I actually think it's one to five players, but you're always going to have three, four or five heroes. Otherwise, it doesn't really balance out the game very well. And they all, again, come with different powers in a set deck. You're not going to be adding to that deck at all. And the cards interact both within the deck and with other decks as well. The other set of cards that you're going to get are the environment cards. So every fight is going to happen within an area. All the environments have got their own flavor, their own character, and they're going to add to the story which develops in some way, shape or form. A game round is very simple. You're going to turn over a villain card and then all the villain cards in play are going to activate and do whatever their effects are. Then each hero is going to have a turn to play a card, which might be a one-off effect or something that lasts for the rest of the game or give them more varied powers. Then they're going to choose one power to use and draw a card. And then the environment's going to happen. You're going to flip over an environment card and then you're going to activate any environment cards that are in play. And the game continues on. The playing time is suggested as 60 minutes. I think it usually plays a bit longer than that, probably more to up towards 90 minutes. Each character is, con is controlling one specific hero and they're looking after those powers of that hero and they're trying to utilize them to the best of their abilities. So all the heroes are acting as a team together to defeat this one villain. And that's the basics and how Sentinels of the Multiverse plays. Sean, do you want to talk us through DC Deck Builder? I sure do. DC Deck Building Game is a relatively new game. It came out in 2012. Uh, designed by Matt Hira, who designed uh, World of Warcraft miniatures game, one of Ronan's favourites, Lock and Key. And he did, or is doing, the upcoming Batman Arkham City Escape. Uh, also involved in this is Ben Stoll, who was involved in the Big Bang Theory Party game and the Lord of the Ring, the Fellowship of the Ring deck building game. So this is a really, really simple game. It's got elements of games like Dominion and Ascension. A simple overview of the game is that you choose your superhero character, and you get to choose from Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, The Flash, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg. And these will provide you with a specific power for the whole game. You then receive a predetermined starting deck of seven punch cards, three vulnerability cards, and the punch cards provide plus one power and that's the currency in the game obviously the vulnerability cards do nothing and they just clog up your hand so like other deck building games you draw five cards resolve effects on the cards and then count up your power then you can spend that power to obtain cards from the main deck and there's also set cards like kick and you can defeat the supervillain should you have enough power now, the main deck cards are laid out in a row of five and they are only replenished after you go so you can't buy a card to replenish and now oh that's a lovely card i love that you buy what's available and as i said the kit cards they're always available until the last one goes and the supervillain cards are also there and you obviously need a lot more power to defeat these guys but they will give you a little bit of a special power should you defeat them and take them into your hand when you defeat a supervillain you flip the next supervillain over and he will perform an attack. Some of these attacks are quite cool, like take one card out of your hand, put it into a deck into a deck in the middle, and you randomly divide those cards up. So some some interesting things happening with, with that. There are also weakness cards in the game, and they work very much the same as curses in Dominion and subtract from your total. All cards bought and won are put into your discard piles, the, with the exception of locations. Locations are 
bonus cards that sit in front of you and give you an ongoing bonus once you get them into your hand. At the end of the game, each card has a victory point value in the bottom left, and you add up your points, and the person with the most wins. It's really not much more to it. It's a very simple game. Ronan, are you going to take us through Legendary now? So Legendary is the Marvel deck building game. It came out in 2012. It's for one to five players. It's from Upper Deck Entertainment, and the designer is Devin Lowe, and he's probably best known for designing a load of Magic the Gathering cards. He's done like, some other bits and bobs as well. Uh, Legendary is a deck builder and it's quite similar to DC in that aspect and the way the game works is there's going to be one mastermind, he's the big baddie and he has a scheme and you're going to choose that mastermind from a current set of available four. Those masterminds are Red Skull, Loki, Doctor Doom and Magneto at the moment, like I said, more on the way. Now there's a whole range of schemes to choose from which you can either choose or you can draw randomly and the scheme sets the tone for the game. The scheme is what the mastermind is trying to achieve and it tells you on there the mechanisms of how the mastermind wins. The heroes must defeat the mastermind four times before the mastermind or the AI of the game in effect is able to complete the game finishing scenario on that scheme card. Each mastermind has got one set of villains that always works with them and then depending upon number of players you're going to add more villain types, some henchman types, some what are called scheme twist cards which have an effect depending upon the scheme and also some bystanders, innocent bystanders who may or may not have a smaller or larger effect on the game again depending upon that scheme, very important that's how each individual play plays you're going to shuffle those up and you create what's called a villain deck what you do then is you choose five heroes from a selection of heroes that are 14 is available at the moment and you shuffle all of their cards together and you create what's called a hero deck. Everyone starts with a basic hand of some shield officers which are going to give you either purchasing points or fighting points and then play goes around each player takes a turn and on their turn they're going to play their cards down and they're going to at more advanced cards have some effects but basically what you're looking to do is you're either going to be creating lots of purchasing points together which can allow you to buy from a tableau of five hero cards which are available during the game or the shield officers which are always available which is a basic card much like kick in the DC as Sean just described. The other thing you might want to collect there is these, these fight points basically and every turn one card from the villain deck is going to get turned over and these villain cards can advance along a five space track and at the end if they get off the five space track they can escape and they're available to be fought or the masterminds there to be fought with your fight power and if you can defeat those cards they go into a victory point pile some of the villain cards have different effects when you go to fight them when they appear the mastermind when you defeat them there's a card and it's always something positive you're going to get something good for it and those cards don't clog up your deck you put them to one side they don't have any further effect in the game there's also some wounds you can get which are going to clog up your deck this game is billed as a cooperative game, so you're all supposed to be working together to prevent the mastermind from filling their scheme. However, there's victory points on these villain cards you can be defeating, and whoever's got the most victory points at the end of the game is going to be the winner amongst the winning team, which I'll tell you now is a mechanic I don't really like, but there you go. And that's how you're going to play Legendary, a Marvel deck building game. first thing you see when you, you buy a game you see the components you see the box you see the artwork so let's talk about the artwork and the components on each of these games i think they're all beautiful games i thought i think they've got the artwork spot on but there are a couple of flaws i want to talk about legendary first 
the artwork is is nice it's very marvel there's some original artwork in there it's pretty it's vibrant but each of the hero cards all have the same picture and i know that's kind of taken us aback a few times when we're playing it's not always easy to spot what card you're buying and what card you're playing you have to read the cards each time because they don't stand out for sure i mean there's a lot of information on those cards they each card can belong to a different team or belong to a different type and each hero has got maybe six or seven different types of cards in their particular mini deck which you're going to put in the hero deck and they all do something different but they've all got the same picture on so it's really hard to tell sometimes which is which and and what's going to do what so every time a card's drawn it's not like you can look at the card from you know sitting around the table and go oh yeah that's that one that's hawkeye on a unicycle i know what he does when he's on a unicycle it's oh look there's hawkeye pulling a bow uh that looks exactly the same as all the other hawkeye pulling the bow cards Absolutely, and I think it it adds to the length of the game because you do have to continually pick up the card to read it. Oh yeah, especially because you can't all be sitting facing the card. So the people at the other side of the board are always going to be picking up the card to read it, putting it down, picking up the next card because you never know exactly what's on the card, which I think just took away a little bit from the game. There's, but, I mean, there's other stuff also on those cards in that there's a variety of different colours, and the colours is just like kind of a, a bar down the side. And they have an effect on gameplay, but it's not always easy to see. Well, which, what's that one for? Why is that colour that one? You know, that's not always easy to see. It's definitely not easy to see what type of card they are. So I think there's five different types. There's instincts or melee or range or technology or what have you. It's a real small icon. It's, it's easily lost. I wish they'd done nicer pictures and then put the icons more clearly because they kind of blend into the artwork. And like you say, not easy to tell unless you've got them in your hand and you're staring at them. Absolutely. Even the attack icon, which is, I think, it's a slash, and even that can blend into the side of the card. So, yeah, I think they do look pretty, but I don't think they're as functional as they might have been. So Yeah, the, the, I, I mean, when you compare them to, uh, let's say, let's go to the best one, shall we? The DC cards. The DC cards just look lovely, don't they? I think they are. They're amazing. Um, it's one of the reasons I bought the game. I think I rationalised it in my mind because it's the kind of thing that I would probably collect anywhere. They're so beautiful and DC do come up with some amazing artwork in their comics. And I think this is a realistic tribute to that. They do look pretty and the build quality of the cards is pretty good too. Yeah. I mean, some issues with the legendary ones, I haven't played it that often. You know, it's, I think it's probably less than 10 times I've played with them and they're starting to come apart already on the back. Now, Legendary wasn't available over here when I bought it. I had to import it, pay taxes on it, all the rest of it. It wasn't cheap to get. And now, in order to keep it functional, it's like I've got to sleeve 500 cards, which is, what, another 40 quid? So I wish that those cards were a bit sturdier. And they also all have the same back, whether they're hero cards, villain cards, what have you. Now, I can see that all the hero cards have to have the same back to them, and all the villain cards should have the same back to them, so you can't see what's coming up in the decks. But to have them all the same, it can be a little bit of a pain when cards are flying around or you're trying to pull it away and what have you. I don't want to moan too much. Look, you buy a game with 500 cards and you know you're going to be doing some sorting. Setup time, maybe we'll come on to a bit later how long it takes to set up each game. So Legendary, uh, they're okay. They're not great functionally, either in looks or in quality. And the game that you'd think would have the disadvantage here, which is Sentinels of the Multiverse, because it doesn't have a standing universe, it's not coming from this massive wealth of background. And to be honest, the art quality is not true comic book quality. It's not as amazing as, as some of the artists, clearly, that DC and Marvel are able to hire. But actually, 
I really like the art on the Sentinels of Multiverse cards. A lot of them tell a story. Like the Marvel ones is just a, a plain picture of the hero. There's nothing going on. It's like, here's Iron Man front and centre. He just looks like he's flying. Whereas in the Sentinels of Multiverse, there's pictures there and they integrate with the story that's been developing over the expansion. So some of the cards that came out in 2011... And there's people on those cards, and you're like, well, who, who's that? Well, do you know what? We're going to find out in 2013 who they are. And that's just amazing to me. Absolutely. I think um, Sentinels, it looks like in inside the comic book art, whereas maybe the DC is front cover, that kind of thing, or stills, poster quality. But whereas Sentinels, it just looks like the inside. And I think it does lend yourself to, to getting into the comic book feel of the game. And uh, it does definitely lend to the overall ambience of the game yeah i mean they definitely had the advantage there in that each hero has 45 cards i think in the hero deck and while there's some duplicates in there there's not a lot of duplicates you're talking probably 25 30 individual pieces of art for each hero and that allows them to kind of put different things in and and tell different stories because they've got so much art they have to produce and also i think the cards are quite sturdy i've played sentinels quite a lot and there's no breaking down at all of them they're they're holding up well but that's the funny thing for me is that when you first get hold of those sentinels cards you think yeah they're all right but they're probably going to come apart but when you get hold of the legendary you think oh they're really good quality they're really thick sturdy i'll be able to play with those for years but it hasn't worked out that way at all has it it's the complete opposite yeah absolutely and like i say sentinels have probably been abused a bit more than legendary has i've been trying to be careful with it so uh, a little bit disappointing there. I mean, one thing we've got to talk about components, we have to talk about when it comes to Sentinels, is that it was that company's first game, came out on Kickstarter, and came out in a bit of a tiny box, and the box didn't really fit everything in. Also, it came with your tracking hit points all throughout the game, both for the heroes, for the villains, for uh, in, those, in that environment deck, you, you have stuff like dinosaurs and stuff come out in some of them, and you have to track their hit points. And there's all these hit points going on you're trying to track, and they gave you no means of doing so. They said do it on a piece of paper, which was terrible. I mean, I know I think I was using dice for a long time, and I actually went to the point of making little charts. But now they've brought out the enhanced edition, and everything's a little bit nicer, and they've given you some hit point tokens and some tokens for effects that happen during the game so if you get hit by something that says you can't draw a card you have a little thing that you can put on top of your deck that says you can't draw a card so it reminds you so the enhanced edition has definitely they've looked at some of the issues and they've moved on now it being a little bit older than the other two games it probably has an advantage there in that they've been able to learn from their fan base and say oh do you know what here's a bit of an issue here's a bit of an issue have a look at it and they have done I'd like to just go on to a little bit about, you've mentioned the box on Sentinels. I think one of the biggest problems for me with DC deck building is the box. The box insert is abysmal. It doesn't fit what it's supposed to hold. The, the box is actually slightly, the insert is actually slightly lower than the cards when they're standing in the way that they're supposed to do. So if you were to put the lid on, you would bend your cards. So you have to put them on down flat. Now some of them, are so far down that you just can't get down to them and get your fingers around them because there's no space, especially for a fat-handed fool like me. I have to literally take everything out and tip the box upside down to get at the, the superhero cards, which, okay, not a massive gripe, but still a bit annoying. Yeah, I mean, that the legendary box is massive. It's Even for the 500 cards you get with legendary, it's way too big. 
and there's loads of room in there so clearly they've planned they know they've got expansions coming and they've planned ahead for this it seems a bit crazy that with the license as big as dc i mean let's face it there's going to be expansions for that game everyone knew there's going to be expansions for it before they announced anything why the hell are you giving out such a small box I can forgive Sentinels of the Multiverse for their cruddy box that didn't even fit in their uh, their first game, never mind all the other ones they brought out afterwards. Again, at least they fixed it. I can forgive them because it's their first game. DC, oh, that seems like a real slip-up. Absolutely. I think, as you said, it's their first game, and Cryptozoic have been going long enough to know better than that. Um, just going back, you talked about the back of the Legendary cards all being the same. A Cryptozoic have gone one better or one worse than that. All of their cards are all the same back, and they, they are the Cryptozoic logo on the back. They're nothing to do with DC deck building, and it's going to fit in with their Cerebus engine, and I think the new Fellowship of the Ring deck building game is going to have the same back, and somehow you're supposed to be able to intertwine the two and have Gandalf up against Superman and I don't know how that's going to work it doesn't work in my mind for sure but that seems to be what they're aiming for with having the same backs on all the cards hmm yeah I think it's a misstep I really do I'm it kind of I think hero clicks is one of the things that that does that we can fight all kinds of things against other people but that seems to be more of a kids game hero clicks I don't like that thought and but legendary is exactly the same the back of all the cards says legendary on and the legendary system they are going to use it for another um, ip uh, it's something that we know is it's green whatever the new ip is for legendary and apparently you're supposed to be able to combine them now come on is there not enough material in the dc and marvel universes that you can't find enough stories within there you have to start what again gandalf against batman oh my god it makes me want to puke this is another, I'm afraid, tick for Sentinels of the Multiverse. Every one of those individual decks have got individual backs. And they actually look really good. I love the graphic design on them. Something like the Citizen Dawn one. It's really striking. I see it, and I know our oh, Citizen Dawn. It, so, yeah, sorry, guys. This attempt to kind of cross-pollinate genres or what have you with your game systems, <clears throat> no good. Don't like it. Ronan, you've had problems in the past with rule books. I know it's one of your bugbears uh, in the gaming industry. How do you feel the rule books in these games measure up? Well, the DC one, haven't, isn't it all in the wrong order? <laughs> My one certainly was. You had to point it out to me. I was a bit special. I read the rules and it all made sense to me, even though page six was second. <laughs> Didn't but... you read them twice and not notice? Pretty much, yeah. I am a bit special. DC's got such simple rules. I think the rule book, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the rule book's completely fine. There's nothing that really needs clarifying in there. Um, the fact that we both played Ascension, and we knew it was pretty similar to Ascension, even a, a simpler version of it, meant there wasn't a lot to explain. The, the interactions between the cards, they're all self-explanatory, it's just a sentence or so. I think that rule book's fine, right? It doesn't have to be anything special, and I think you'd be really going some to mess up that rule book because it is a very, very simple game. The Sentinels of the Multiverse rule book, again, it does the job. It explains it perfectly well. It's got a summary on the back, which is really cool because even though there's, there's a set thing for each turn, it's quite hard to remember what you're thinking about. The complexity on Sentinels of the Multiverse is all in the text of the cards. The cards really interact in like hundreds thousands of ways 
those cards can interact with each other and that's where all the complications come from and the only problems I've ever had with the rules is clarifying what this particular card does in this particular situation experience will teach you that actually that means that every time you know if it says all this then it means all even if it looks horrific and you're going to take all take 10 damage each do you know what that's what it says that's what you do so that's the only issues i had with the rules of central of the multiverse was kind of getting used to the language used within the system and what each particular word means but what's great is once you learn what that word means and it's not specific terms like keywords or traits from lcgs and stuff like that it's just if it says all or them or thus or what have you what does that really mean in terms of cards on the table once you know it it stays consistent throughout which i love you, you read that rule book it's actually gosh maybe two or three pages of actual rules there's a lot of flavor text there's backstories and what have you and what's great in the enhanced edition is it actually tells you stuff like how complex each hero is so you, if you're not used to the game you can choose the easy heroes to play and also they've got like a one to four system for how tough each villain is so you, if you fancy a real challenge, go ahead and pick one of those level 4 villains. You're not going to win, by the way. But you pick one, by all means, go for it. And if you just learn the game, pick a level 1 villain. So, I really like the Sentence of Multiverse rulebook. Again, it's just some issues with the cards, but I don't think they could have done anything about that. The legendary one, it gets uh, a, a barely a pass. It's alright. <laughs> Can I just jump in? And I know it's a very tenuous link, but we have mentioned it briefly. What is that setup time? <laughs> Let's talk about setup time later. Let's talk about setup time later. <laughs> I don't. It, and in terms of the rule book, I don't think the rule book can do anything to help that, can it? Um, well, it it explains it in the rule book. It tells you how to set up the game. <laughs> it even says it on the board. You know, I mean, the the two main rules for legendary are how you set up the different decks which can be quite complicated um and also how what a turn structure is and they're both right there in boxes on the board so they've done their best to, to lay it out for you what i've got is something i think i talked about in elder sign is that they have rules in the middle of paragraphs which a you can miss when you're first reading through and b if you want to find it it makes it almost impossible to find. You're looking through going, where was that? Where was that? Where did that come? So it's not the best structured rule book in the world. It's not fantastic. Um, they give you, believe it or not, 22 pages of rules for a relatively simple card game. I think it could have been more precise. I think it could have been more brief. Uh, it could do better. What about the layout? Is it? I mean, for both Legendary and Sentinels, we've talked about the layout because my pages were in the wrong order of DC deck building game. But how was the layout? I mean, did it make sense? Was it? We've talked in the past about Star Trek Fleet Captains having the setup rules near the back of the game and all over, higgledy pickledy, all over the shop. In terms of Sentinels, yeah, it all makes sense. It just goes through, this is what this, this is that, this is that. The, the rules themselves are written down are so simple, it would be difficult to get them mixed up. Like I say, it's a couple of pages. Legendary, I think that what they try and do is uh, they don't explain the component. They explain the components while they're explaining game setup, which confuses the two issues together because you're trying to learn two things at once, which doesn't help a lot. And then while they're explaining the components uh, and they're explaining what each type of card does, you can't refer it to anything. You don't have any context because they haven't told you how the game plays yet. So instead of just going, these are villain cards, they're going to be the baddies. They say, these are villain cards, and they do this, 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 and this. And you're reading it going, well, what? 
I don't know what that means because we, I don't know what this, 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 and this are. So I can, you can see they're really trying to make it a rule book which is easy to read and for people maybe who don't play that many games because obviously with a huge license, but in doing so, they've added rather than taken away. They've, they've, they've put too many things in. They've front-loaded. Things are repeated throughout the rule book. And if they got someone in to just edit it and chop it in half, like the late Harry Potter books, if they chopped them in half, they would have been better. So let's chat now about how immersive these games are when you're playing as batman or spider-man or one of the sentinels characters do you feel like you are that character do you feel like you're in their world do you feel like you're fighting these super villains so do you, are you really buying into these games let's, let's start with legendary ronan what do you think the theme in legendary is really odd because you're not one of these heroes you're picking up cards from each of the five that are in the game and then you're going to be using them so i'm not pretending to be the hulk sometimes i'm using the hulk but sometimes i'm using spider-man and sometimes i'm using the two of them together so who am i what's my role what's my story what's my motivation give me my center sean where's my center i've started explaining to people saying you're a shield controller and these are the resources you've got on hand to deal with the threat and you're going to try and use them which is possibly the most boring superhero theme that ever existed but it kind of works. Um, does it feel very thematic? I think some of the card effects are kind of thematic. So like the Hulk can do a lot of damage, but he causes some mayhem. He causes problems for everyone else. And Spider-Man plays in a particular way. He, he, he chains together quick actions. They, they can all do, 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 ding, 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 ding. Um, so, but it's hard to get those cards chaining together. And so you're never really going to feel like I'm being Spider-Man. The villains, they've tried to give them different flavour and different directions in the effects they have when they come out. While there's interest there, they do interesting things, they don't really do thematic things, I don't think. I'm not... When the lizard comes out and he has, he's harder to fight in the sewers or something... No, actually, that's quite a good one. I won't pick that one. When some of them come out and they have an effect, I, I kind of look at it going, oh, I don't... It's interesting. I like what that does in the game. It doesn't make me feel like I'm playing a Marvel game. Well, I can't, yeah, I felt kind of the same as you. I think there was elements of the game that were very thematic, i.e. when you're trying to stop the villains getting to certain locations and they pick up a bystander and you've got to rescue the bystander. If Nick Fury wasn't in the game, I think it would be a good thing to say that you are Nick Fury or someone like that. As Ronan said, as a S.H.I.E.L.D. operator, but give, it, give that person a name, be Nick Fury. But he's actually one of the people you can collect in the game, so it doesn't really work. He's quite a cool character in the game as well. I quite like Nick Fury in the game. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but then there are... Yeah, you're not playing as a character. The world doesn't quite envelop you as it possibly should. Don't think it's as immersive as it could be. No, I mean, it's, it's a game system, which is interesting, I think. And slapping that Marvel theme on pretty much anything would make it more interesting, certainly to us anyway. So that's what they've done, really. It's not massively thematic but it's certainly not unthematic it kind of does the job I, I can you know it's just cool playing with those characters isn't it? you know the marvel characters so well that you're like I, I don't mind so much you know because i get to pretend to be wolverine and i love wolverine famously there's been a bit of mm, shall we call negative chat with regards to the theme of dc sean 
there has been a lot of haters and a lot of comic book people, a lot of game people, because the crux of it is you can be Batman and you can get Superman's flight power or you can get Aquaman's trident or Green Lantern's ring and use that. Now you can think of it as one or two ways. You can go with Batman is using Green Lantern's ring and uh, can grab hold of Aquaman's trident. Or you can just say Green Lantern is helping Batman. Because you're Superman, it doesn't mean that Batman's not going to come and help you with his, with his Batmobile. And that's the way I look at it. I don't think it's enough to break the game, but people really are up in arms about it. And they really, really throw some people right out of the theme to the point where they just can't enjoy the game because they're just too upset. It's odd, isn't it? It's, it's, I actually think that DC creates the feeling of those characters better than Legendary does. I think the individual cards have individual effects on the game that are really good. I really like them, actually. I, I've, I really enjoyed playing because I wanted to see more cards in order to see what they did and go, oh, yeah, that's pretty clever. Oh, yeah, I can see why that would do that. Um, so uh, this kind of problem, a massive problem with the theme, we're playing board games, people. Unless we're going to actually dress up in spandex and throw ourselves off buildings, you know, let's go with it a little bit. The cards are interesting. The artwork's great. It's not like... You've got Batman cards that let that say Batman can now fly or Batman's now got, you know, a tail or something. The Batman cards feel like Batman cards. And the actual Batman cards in the game, a lot of them are, are equipment cards. And then there are cards that come with Batman that will work well with you if they come out with equipment cards. So if you're going after that, it makes sense. You go, oh, yeah, cool, you know, I'm going after that kind of a, a strategy. As much as there can be a strategy in a pretty quick game, but there can definitely be some. The, the role you get is just kind of something that influences you to say, do you know what, if you went in that direction, this guy, this is going to help a bit. I didn't feel like I was playing as that hero. I felt like it was something to kind of give me the nod towards going in a certain direction. And the theme all came from those. It, the cards were much more important than that one role I got given right at the beginning. Yeah, I think... The the heroes that you have at the beginning, you start with, or they the, are your hero that you're representing, they do work well with the cards that are developed for them. Like, Batman works well with his equipment cards. He's designed to. You get a bonus for equipment with Batman. Superman works well with his superpowers because you get a bonus. As Superman, you get a bonus for superpowers. The others can use them, and I just, as I said before, I just feel like you're calling in Superman to help out. You're not using them. You don't get as big a bonus. Wonder Woman's lasso works better with Wonder Woman. Green Lantern's ring works better with him. And Aquaman's trident works better with Aquaman. It feeds into what they're doing in their, as their powers. But it's a very, very light game. It's very slight, the bonus you get for these things. And I just don't see why people are getting so bent out of shape about it, to be honest. I think we're in agreement there. Theme, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Do you want to have a little chat about it, Sean? This is the one that I can't get my head around because it's something that I really should be able to get into the theme of, but I'm not sure if it's because the characters aren't familiar to me and I can't immediately empathize with them and work out what they're doing i think i might have to play this game a few more times before i get to that point because i think you are at that point i just don't get as immersed in this game as you seem to when we play it 
Oh, I'm definitely at that point. 100%. I think they've done a brilliant job in creating decks and story moments within the game. When things happen and draw certain cards and mechanical effects happen in the game, I can see the story. I can see why that happens. And, oh, that person's doing that. Oh, no, you know. And you've got the Wraith and she's got a ton of equipment out and suddenly red dust blows in because you're fighting on Mars and all that equipment's useless for a turn or she's got to clean it out and you're like, oh, just at the wrong moment. Why? Why'd that happen? Or when the bunker has got to power down for a while in order to recharge and you're like, oh, God, you know, we need you back. We need you back. Come on, quick. Come on. Now, the problem I have with it and we're going to chat about later, I think for you, is that certain characters don't work within certain settings and that's when it can feel like there's no theme because you just kind of feel removed from what's going on i can i've seen it happen i can see why it happens i wish it didn't happen but if you can get a deck that works within the combination that's out because with up to seven decks available out of Oh, I have dozens of decks that are out there. Every kind of game is different. Everyone tells a different story. And not all combinations are going to jibe exactly very well. So when it works, it works brilliantly. When you get to know the characters, how their decks work, how the villain deck works, where you are in an environment, that that's when it really comes into its own. I think hopefully now I'm getting to a stage where I know the cards enough that I hope I'm going to be able to help other people enjoy the theme a bit more because when you're trying to teach other people and they're looking to you for leadership and you don't know how these cards will work together it's very difficult to bring the theme out because like you say it's not there automatically people are not going to look at an absolute zero card and go oh yeah absolute zero i know him or the inhuman tempest i've always wanted to be the inhuman tempest i had a inhuman tempest duvet cover when i was nine it's at that disadvantage in this world you know like a lot of people i wish the sentinels of the multiverse system had been picked up by one of those big comic book companies because they could have done magnificent things with those themes. As I said, I th- I, I see it. I see it's there. I am a believer. I I am hopeful. A believer. I'm not quite a believer just yet, but I am a believer in Sentinels of the Multiverse's theme. I just haven't had that Eureka moment yet, but I know it's out there. And when I do, I'm sure I'll enjoy the game that little bit more. games come at this genre with a slightly different slant on them. You've got Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is coming as a pure cooperative. You're all fighting against the villain. You've got Legendary, where again you're fighting against a villain, um, and you're trying to do it together, but there is one winner in that, in terms of who scores most points. And DC is purely confrontational in terms of, you're all going to fight these supervillains, but only one person is going to score all the points. So, Sean, those three different aspects of play how do you think that they play out how do they work do they do they do what they set out to do very well i think they do and um i think we're probably going to disagree slightly on legendary but i think legendary sets out to give you that sort of knife edge where how much do you help the team how much do you help yourself and i I quite like that aspect of it it's billed as a co-op to a degree but yeah as you said before it's it's a co-op where there is an ultimate winner so it's not really a cult then, is it? But you still have to club together to beat that villain. We talked about theme a minute ago, and that's probably something else that takes it away from that Marvel theme. Because 
when the superheroes all take on that villain, one of them doesn't land the final blow and go, screw you guys, I'm the winner. That doesn't happen. They all win together. And that takes that away from this. If one person wins. Whereas with DC, it is a straight slugfest to who who's going to win. Yeah, it's a mechanic I hate. I absolutely hate any game that, that whereby you're co-op, but one person wins. It's like... They have it in Castle Panic. Who kills the monster gets the points. It's rubbish. Either you're working together or you're not working together. I don't mind teams with uh, games with shifting alliances and stuff like that where we can team up to do something, but this oh, it just never works. And what it does is it really ties into an issue with Legendary, and that's an issue of difficulty. Off the four masterminds, what I found is the first three are just absolutely so easy to beat. You don't have to cooperate. It's also the system doesn't lend itself to true cooperation, okay? What I think of in cooperation is we have an overall task and we're all going to be doing bits of this task, whatever we're good at, in order to accomplish this overall task. Now, it works, I think, in Sentinels of the Multiverse because you have a villain who has, whoever they are, I thought apart from one or two, they have a massive number of hit points and you're going to have to wile them down. You're going to have to constantly keep on going and you have to keep on top of the henchmen or whatever they pull out or their limbs or their dreams or whatever it is that you have to fight against. And you have to work together. I really think that works as a co-op game. And different people's powers affect everyone else around the table. So you have to talk to each other. And actually where you sit in order affects how you go. So you probably with that character, you want to go first out of the four of us because they can do stuff that help us for the rest of the turn and things like this and you have to talk to each other you can't just play and the thing with legendary is you either defeat the villain on your turn or you don't defeat the villain on your turn now be that a villain that's in that city area the five spaces and they're moving along or the mastermind themselves you do it or you don't there's no i'm going to do eight damage this turn and weaken their resistance so that you can come in and use your spider webs that leaves hulk there to smash them at the end no, it's either I do it or I don't do it, and I get the points or I don't get the points. That's not a co-op to me. That's just all people doing the same thing, but not working together as a team. And it's not hard enough to work as a co-op. It's not hard enough for you to go, oh, well, you have to take that one out because we're in real trouble here. That's only happened to me in one play, and that's when we played with a really hard scheme, and then suddenly we're at risk of losing. If there's no risk of losing, if you don't have to work together to win, it's not a co-op. I, I disagree to a point. I think there is that aspect where you have to make a decision. Do you help the team or do you take on the mastermind, get rid of one of his cards or a part of his armor, if you like, and wear him down? Because that's going to make the game end quicker, but that's going to give you a lot of bonus points, or victory points at the end of the game. I think there is that element to it. I quite enjoyed that. Do I really want to stop that villain getting free? and harming the rest of the team because I might not have the type of card in my hand that's going to harm me. Do I let him go free or do I want to stop him because he's going to damage the team to the point where we might not beat the mastermind? Yeah, but that so doesn't I... happen because it's not hard enough. If You know, how often do you really sit in there going, oh, we're on a knife edge here. If I let him go, we might be in trouble. I do think there is a definite difficulty setting problem with the game. Yeah. I think it goes from very easy to ridiculously hard uh, with one sweep. And I think, yeah, I think there needs to be something in the middle, and hopefully some of the expansions will address that. But I, do, I quite enjoy it. I, I quite enjoy that aspect of the game. Well, see, it's not really a choice for me, because if I get a chance to screw you guys over, it's going to happen. That's because you're a mean person with right. a mean I've, heart. I've learned to live with it. <laughs> uh, 
how do you think DC works as that competitive game? Does it come through? Is, do you feel like you're competing against the other players? Absolutely. It's, it is a bog standard. We keep saying it. I keep saying it. It's a simple bog standard in terms of mechanics deck builder. It doesn't pretend to be anything else. It's Ascension light almost. And Ascension was a light game. But it pits you firmly against the other person. There's villain cards in there that you pick them up and when you play them, once they're in your deck, they're going to attack the opposition. There's cards that take things away and I love I love the super villain cards in it because there's so many cool things that they do and I think if they do do expansions, which they almost definitely will do and I think I've heard one being mooted, I think that's definitely something I'd like to see explored more. Let's have some more cool things that the villains can do to you. I love the one where you have to all take a random card out of your hand, put it in the middle and it gets redistributed. I love that. It just it mixes the game up and it it is very much in your face and it's a combat and it's a race to the finish. How does that work up in the fact that you're all heroes though and you're all attacking each other? I enjoy it in, in terms of game. But is that a barrier for some people to seem, do you think? Yeah, yeah. No, I knew you were going to come off with that. I was thinking, as I was saying it, it's not very super heroic, is it? Okay, there's a flaw in the theme of the game, but it's a deck-building game where you're against each other. Unless you were going to divide everyone up into super villains and villains or factions, it's difficult to do. I think you can't take this game too seriously, which is the mistake I think some people have done. It's a fun, enjoyable game. Let's delve too deeply into theme and things like that yeah i do agree with you that there's there's real choice there in terms of what cards you go for and what cards you play and that you really can go for for messing with the other people around the table it's it's good there is a choice there it's not we're all collecting points cards and we're all just going to see who gets the most points there are ways to go do you know what that's worth less points but it's really going to hurt you three so i'm going to go for it Oh, absolutely. I think we played a game recently where saved up and saved up to get, I think it was Lobo or something, because I love Lobo. And it got taken off me in that random draw. How upset was I? And yeah, I that was pretty that funny. I know, I know. I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> Have you stopped crying yet? No, I'm, st- I'm still weeping in the corner once a night. So we've had a chat that there about different aspects of Sentinels of the Multiverse, DC deck building game and Legendary the Marvel deck building game. What we're going to do now is each of us are going to chat about each of the three games, discuss our likes and dislikes, maybe in what settings the games work best and don't quite work. And then between us kind of come up with the games that we think might be the best out of the three. I'm not sure we're going to kind of come to a consensus or, but hopefully give you some idea of, of which we think are the better games. Um, Sean, should we start with Sentinels of the Multiverse? Well, I'm just going to list some things. or I'll talk about some things that I think are good and bad about the game. I'm going to start with a good. and I enjoyed this game. I think it's a great game. I love the fact that it's got such a variety of heroes. There's expansions coming out, it feels like, every other day in this game. And that just gives you such a variety to gameplay. And they're always introducing more things. And I think the longevity of this game is amazing. Because I don't think you're ever going to have the same game twice. And that's a credit, definitely. I think there's so many cards going on. So many villains, so many heroes, so many environment decks. It's just brilliant. We've talked about the artwork. I think it works. It, sometimes 
I wish there were characters that I, I know, but I know that once I get used to this game a little bit more, once I get used to it, get involved in it, I know that, that those characters are going to come to life for me. Which brings me to the next point, which is narrative. Ronan harps on. He bores me when he's talking about narrative in games. And this game is probably the best game I've ever seen for narrative. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end to every story. And you you get to the point where you're up against it. You're coasting sometimes. And if something goes wrong, it really does feel like a comic book. A really well-written comic book. The togetherness of this game. The cooperative aspect of it. Again, very few games do what this game does. You're all in it together. Somebody can't say to you, you've got to do this, this, and this. Because you've only got a certain amount of cards to work with. And you've got to play them. You've got, you've got your set turn. You've got to play them. And it's all about working out how, what's going to be best for the team. How do I eke out those those that attack so that it takes as much from him? And how do I heal my teammates? But I think on the flip side of that, it's a good solo player game. Ronan's going to wax lyrical about, probably, about some of the solo games he's had. It works as a solo game. These yeah, the all things that will, for me, make a great game. But some of the negative things about this game. I don't think it plays brilliantly with more than three players i think you start to get that the bit of a lag going on and you start sort of waiting for your turn and also i think in the bigger number of players games the person who goes last has often nothing left to do things have already been done we played a game and if you've got the wrong character in and you're in the wrong turn order you kind of just going well okay i hit him for one and this guy might have a hundred hit points i hit him for one I heal you for two. You're not really affecting the game. And I think there is that aspect of the game. You can be left out and you can be left behind. I think there's a lot of reading to do in the cards. Now, we build that as a bonus because it's all there. All the information is there for you. I think if you're not familiar with the game, you can get to the point where you're reading more than playing and you're working out and you're constantly reading your cards. You're not following what's going on. I think that will come with time. But at the moment, for me, it's a negative. The weakest player does get a bit of a slapping in this game. It's not always the player that's at the head that gets the biggest slapping. Sometimes the person in last place gets the slapping. If you've got a weak character, you can get to the point where you really are hanging on for dear life, and that's all you're doing. You're just trying to hang on, and you're trying to heal yourself all the time. There's some of the negatives I've got for the game, but I think definitely the positives outweigh the negatives for me in this and i think we're going to hear mr rice waxing lyrical about it now i am going to wax lyrical to some degree but i will admit there are flaws in the game i said it earlier you said it there there are so many different setups there are so many different ways you can go that sometimes a hero just doesn't fit it's a square peg in a round hole and that person is going to be left sitting there with very little to do if you're the one hero that gets equipment cards out, let's say, and either the environment or the villain knocks equipment cards out quickly, you might just never be able to get something on the table and you are left there with one power. Your power could be draw an extra card. You go, great, I've got another equipment card for someone to steal. I can see that. I've seen Sean have a bad game of it. I've seen other people have bad games of it. There are certain heroes just don't suit certain setups. So that's one negative. I'm just going to push that out of the way a little bit now. Right. You have to learn the game. First of all, you really need someone on the table who knows the game quite well for a few different reasons. The deck building in this game doesn't exist. They're set decks. What The deck building kind of thing that you have is setting up the team. 
some teams will work and some teams won't and you need someone to give you some kind of guidance to go that character will interact like that with this villain now that can be a good thing or a bad thing you know some villains and heroes are nemesis for each other so they do extra damage against each other which means your hero is going to go down quickly but you're slightly more effective but if you don't know the game and you're getting whacked lots then that can be a problem like you said that issue there where some villains will attack the whole team some will attack the person with the most hit points a few of them will constantly attack the person with the lowest hit points they're doing sneak attacks and they're trying to weak out it's like i guess hitting the magic user in dungeon and dragons right that's the guy in robe hit him he's got about three hit points he's probably got emphysema so they can do that and then the person who knows the game should be able to say look if you take that character you, you start with slightly less hit points you're going to get whacked you know maybe take the you know, just try and help people out a bit help them go in in terms of reading the cards it's all comparative i guess if you compare it to a board game yeah you, there's loads of stuff there to read if you compare it to some of the simpler card games but if you compare it to the other end of the scale like the lcgs or the legend of five rings and stuff like that it's nowhere near that complicated like i said it doesn't have the trait system and all the rest of it there are a few certain words that interact here and there but it's not that big of an issue i think what i do think it does fantastically is create a comic book feel you feel like you're in a fight you feel like you against them and random things are going to happen and your attention is going to get diverted but you have to go after this but oh look there's a mobile defense platform there we need to take that out because now he's run away and then when we get to him we might have stopped him from pulling the moon into the earth but now he's turned into this kind of robot dude who's going to shoot us and oh my god you know someone's gone down there so we've lost that effect and i really love it it tells a great story when you get it right when you get a good mix and the game goes well this is by far the most comic booky of these three games it really feels like you're in there you're digging in the team are working together if you can get experienced players playing with heroes that they know in a tough setting wow what a game this is a game that rewards investment of time and investment of effort it's a bit overwhelming to start with, but once you get on top of it, once you start understanding, once you start seeing the card interactions. Now, I've played this dozens of times, and I'm still seeing new card interactions. What they've also done is, they have brought out lots and lots of these expansions, and there's no power creep. There's no, the newer heroes are better than the older heroes. What there is, though, is quite often, the newer heroes are more complicated to play than the older heroes. They have card interactions that are much more subtle and much more complicated and are not as obvious. So you look at them going, oh, I'm, I'm not quite sure how it works. But when you start to click it and you start to turn it over, it builds an appreciation of how the other heroes work. And what's brilliant is you have some heroes that they printed back in 2011 and the some that came out with Shattered Timelines just now in 2013. And they interact and you think, did they plan this all that those many years ago that this would be able to work so well with that? Wow, it's mind blowing. And every expansion seems to open up new possibilities. And it's not necessarily making the game harder. They're still putting in some villains that are relatively easy in these new expansions. It's not like they're getting tougher and tougher and tougher, but they're becoming more and more and more interesting. And I'm at the stage now where 
I pull out a deck of cards and read a card and just start going, wow, fireworks start going off. Oh, imagine that came out and this came out and that came out. So as you can tell, I really love the game. I think it does have some issues. I, I think sometimes it can go quite long. It can go up to two hours. I mean, there's one villain that's got 200 hit points. Uh, that's a lot in this game. Given the, the highest the hero I can have is about 36. That can take ages just to wear them down. It doesn't always work, but when it works, my God, what a game it is. Okay, so that's our pros and cons on Sentinels of Multiverse. So let's talk about DC deck building game. Ronan, you're up first. Well, we've mentioned it, and it was said before it came out that this was billed as Ascension Light. Now, I'm not a big fan of Ascension. I was not fired up about it at all. Played it a few times. Played it on the iPhone. It was better on the iPhone than than in play itself because just because it was quicker. Now, when you say you're going to simplify a system that has two currencies in it, I start getting worried. We've got a one currency deck building game. This is going to be rubbish. I was willing to give it a go. And I really enjoyed it. I really think it was fun. It was quick. It was simple. The reduction from the two currencies to one currency actually improved the game a lot. Because it took some of that frustration out of, I've gone down the red route and there's only white cards available. Or vice versa, I've gone down the white route and there's only red cards available. You you, you don't get caught in traps. You don't get caught between a devil and a hard place. You have what you have. You can get what you can get. But the cards interact in quite clever ways and if you're just buying let's say the most expensive one every time i don't think you're going to win not against good players anyway you have to buy the cards or get the cards that fit best for your deck that you're building however you've decided to go so there's those villain cards that score points for you know each one that you have of them. So if you go for them, that's nice, cool. Or are you going to start trying to get some locations out, which is a bit of a longer-term strategy? Or are you going to try and build up that equipment because you're Batman, you've got that equipment bonus? You know, th- th- there is a simple strategy there, and it's not long enough for you to get worried if you go, oh, it didn't quite work out, or you're not going to see every card in the game, and my cards I really wanted haven't come out here. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Because you know what? 45 minutes, that's on the outside of this game. That's as long as I think as it could take. It's not usually going to take that long. It's fun. It's get the cards, read them. Oh, they feel good. They feel superhero They're lovely to look at. Boss them down on the table. You know, go through quickly. Each turn takes you, what, 20 or 30 seconds. Enjoy yourself. It's deck building really stripped down, taken all the nonsense out of it and gone. What you're trying to do is... Get some cards into your deck to interact cleverly. Buy some more cards. Keep going. Who wins at the end? And DC does that. I don't understand how it's generated this kind of negative feedback and this hate. Because there's not enough there to hate, to be honest with you. It's it's not the deepest game in the world. I don't think the system is very deep. I know there's expansions and plans for it. I don't think they can do much with this system. It's, it's not going to get any better than it is now. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing some new cards and stuff. And they're going to do different things. But really... It's it's not any more than a quick kind of super filler. I think it's really fun. Sean? I think you've nailed it on the head. Um, you actually tried to talk me out of buying this game, which I really, Shh, really glad. <laughs> don't tell anyone. And as I said earlier, I justified the purchase because of the artwork because I just thought it was a stunning looking game. Yeah, I'm so happy I bought it. It's not a lot of money for what it is. It's a filler. I mean, you, can't, you could bosh this out quite easily in 25 minutes. I'm not 
100% sold. In fact, I'm not even 50% sold on this Cerebus engine range where they interact with other games of, of this Cerebus engine range. Now, I think they just got to leave that alone. Let's, let's just keep each game on their own. They, they work, leave it. Box aside, everything else matches. I think this game is possibly a victim of gaming and comic book snobbery to, to a certain degree because it is really simple. It doesn't do anything new. We've seen it all before, but it does it with a cool thing, and you get to play as Green Lantern, and for me, that's that sells it on its own. It's a good, quick, fun game. I don't think you can play this game and not have a laugh and a chuckle and uh, the odd groan or two as somebody plays a villain card on you. And Yeah, there's not a lot more to say about it. Fun. Okay, so the last one, the most recent release we're going to chat about is uh, Legendary, a Marvel deck building game. Sean, do you want to give us some of your thoughts on Legendary? Legendary was one of the games I was most looking forward to playing. I was desperate to get hold of it. And when we found out we couldn't get hold of it in this country for various licensing and copyright laws, it was quite devastating. And Ronan did go to the trouble of actually shipping over, which I was absolutely beside myself with joy that he'd done. Coming into, even coming into this podcast, I was thinking it's going to be really tough between these three games. But as we've been talking through it, I've really come to the realisation that Legendary, for me, is definitely the tail runner here. I think... It does some things right, but what it does wrong is quite irritating. And the cards all being the same, the little tiny logos on the cards and the fact that they're not the best quality. And I think there are games out there um, that do what, what Legendary is trying to do, which is shaking up that deck building world better, like Shadow Rift. I've played Shadow Rift recently. And it does what Legendary is trying to do a lot better, in my opinion, than Legendary does. It's got its bonuses. I mean, it is a pretty game. It's beautiful. The board is lovely. It's all well laid out. But we've talked about that setup time briefly. And this is my time to wax lyrical. That takes ages. Ronan will talk about it in a lot more depth because he's the poor sausage that has to always set it up for me. Uh, you've got to mix cards in with each other. You've got to find the right cards. You've got to shuffle them in the right way. You've got to put them in the right places. And it takes ages. And by the time you've gone through all of that, is there enough game to make you go, oh, do that twice a week, every week? I don't think so. The masterminds, there's not a lot of interaction. They do a little bits here and there. But other than that, they feel like they're just a pile of cards in the corner for me that you've just got to whittle down. When villains escape... It's building the game as it's going to be detrimental. And very rarely have, have, has a villain escaped. And I've had to do something that's detrimental. It often helps the team. And I think that's another reason why this game's too easy in the first three villains. Because you take away some of the cards that you don't want and you add new cards in. It's just re revitalizing the deck that's available to you in the middle. It's a good game, but... I hope they fix it with some of the expansions. I know there's an expansion called Dark City or something along that line coming out. It's going to bring new heroes. And I hope they fix some of the problems for this game for me. It's a good game, but definitely the weakest of these three. It's definitely the loosest of these three. It's definitely the game that gives you the most, not exactly varied experience, but possibly varied level of enjoyment. It's so 
odd the way it plays. I have to say though, I disagree with you. It is growing on me. I was disappointed when I first played it, and as the same as yourself, I was really excited. Come on, a deck building game. Now, anyone who listened to the vault know we love deck building games. A Marvel deck building game. It's 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 a surefire win. And then a Marvel deck building game with a bit of meat on its bones. It's not just a chuck together. I don't want to be too disparaging on DC Comics because I did like it, but it's just a filler. This this has got something there, but it only sometimes has something there. There's only certain occasions when you feel like this system has clicked. It's like they didn't playtest it enough. It's like they haven't really sat down and gone through and gone through every combination and said, it's cool. These all work. Now, you'd think that would be the issue with Sentinels of the Multiverse again, and they do get a pass from their background. I'm sorry, if you stick Marvel or DC on a box, I'm expecting more out of you. You'd think with all the different cards in Sentinels, that game might just fall apart sometimes, and it never falls apart. But you know what? Sometimes Legendary does. Sometimes it's just too damn easy. You're just sitting there going, well, whatever villain that turns out, turns over there, I'm going to kill it. And then whatever villain turns over for you, you're going to kill. And whatever villain turns over for you, you're going to kill it. And then, oh, look, I can kill the mastermind. So can you, so can you, so can you. Oh, it's over. And uh, you're sitting there going, hold on a second. I just spent 25 minutes shuffling together 82 packs of cards to set this up. And we've done it in 30 minutes and no one was even close to ever losing. I haven't seen 80% of this villain deck I've just made. It just doesn't work sometimes. The card interaction in terms of members of the same team interact with each other and cards interact with cards that are similar so if you get some malay cards lined up you know they, they help each other out or if you can get thor's lightning bolt going with iron man's blasters they can i like that i, I like that there's possibilities there but you really have to get to know each hero deck or out of the 14 and you're only going to see some of some of the cards in each game they're not all going to come out each game and you're only going to get some of them so to learn each hero takes multiple plays of that hero and then you need to know how that hero works with the other 13 heroes that are available and then you need to know how this particular scheme works and then you need to know how the cards that have gone in the villain deck work before you can start going do you know what this scheme with this mastermind with that set of villains with these heroes that's a good game setup. now that's an awful lot of effort to put in to say to someone and now there we go now we have a game that works okay i really applaud their effort to put in variety i really love that there are so many different schemes and they really really do affect how the game plays it, it's brilliant that is probably the best thing in the design the, the way that the schemes change the game up and you're always playing something different but they haven't made the rest of the game tight to that scheme system it's just kind of a bit all over the place it's a bit um i i don't feel like i've really experienced the game yet and i've played it maybe 10 times and if i've played the game 10 times i want to feel like i know that game i don't know legendary someone pull out a hero and say oh you know does this does nick fury work well with black widow oh maybe let's find out and maybe they do work well the one time i played but now we've got the uh, the bank robbery scheme so they don't work very well i really think there's potential in the system i think that from what it sounds like from they've been very kind of forthcoming with admitting their mistakes they've listened to the people who've played the game and fed back to them they're making it more difficult they are changing the artwork up they are 
putting everything in an expansion I want to see in an expansion I just wonder whether it is possible to bring this game back from the kind of loose ball of yarn of a game that it is at the moment and knit it into a tapestry that tells a story and do you knit a tapestry whatever let's pretend you do it's a tapestry that tells a story and actually makes me feel like i'm doing something in the marvel universe there is a great game there there are great game experiences in there i think they're just slightly obfuscated by too many mediocre experiences Okay, so we're going to move into our final thoughts now. Now, for me, it's a tough one between two of the games. I think I've made it quite clear that Legendary just falls by the wayside a little bit. I do have hope for it in the future uh, if they do fix some of the problems. But at the moment, it's definitely between the DC game and Sentinels and Multiverse. Now, for me, Ronan's going to be very upset with me. I haven't quite clicked with Sentinels just yet. I think I will. I think that's on the horizon. But for me, I haven't quite clicked. I've out games I've had two of those games just haven't worked for me. I've either been in the wrong place in the order or I've had the wrong character and I've just been left out of the game. So for me, so far, it's not really hit the top, top notes that it probably can do. And I can see it there. It's not like one of those games where you sit there and you just say this game's rubbish. I've never done that with Sentinels. I've seen the potential in it, but it's never quite worked. So for me, DC deck building game, it's just so simple and so easy to play. And it fills a niche for me. I I want to be able to just bring out a game that I don't need to think about and crack it out, sit with the missus on a Friday evening, have a bit of takeaway, play a bit of DC deck building game. It fills that niche. And I needed that. I haven't got anything in my collection that I can just do that with. So for me, I've had the most fun and I've got the most use out of DC deck building game. But I think maybe if you ask me in a year's time, it'll be Sentinels that'll be the top game for me. Ronan? I enjoy them all. I think they all have got their merits. And I think this is a real high quality pit fight to start with. There's no, nothing here that I say, do you know what? That's no good. I'm, it's not in the running. I think... I'll put least amongst good games is DC because I think it's just too slight. Now I really enjoy it. It's it's half an hour of fun. I'd be happy to sit down and play it. I can't see that my 10th game is going to be any more fun than my first game. I think, yeah, enjoyable, sit down, smash it out. That's as good as it's ever going to get. So it was a pleasant surprise. I was trying to talk you out of buying it. I thought it was a waste of money. Uh, it wasn't a waste of money. It's a good game. It's lots of fun. The cards work really well. But there's there's nothing really special in it. There's nothing for me to say. Do you know what? I really think that's special. Legendary is certainly the most mercurial of them. Pro easily the one I, I had the highest expectations out of. Easy the one that was most disappointing on first play. And yet, as I said, it's growing on me. It's got to the stage after multiple plays where I am enjoying it more than DC. And I'm seeing that I am understanding the game better. My understanding of the cards is getting better. My understanding of the system is getting better. And I can see that as I play, there's more there to explore. Now, that gives me enough. That gives me enough hope and, and enough enjoyment in that discovery that it puts it above dc it, it's that step above it's there there is something to think about there there's strategies there's different ways of going now i really really don't think it works as a co-op okay that's just rubbish i don't know why they even uh, 
build it as a co-op unless they make it a lot lot harder and change a lot of the mechanics it works best for me when it's a flat out fight actually um, if they brought in some more effects that affected each other as in DC, I think it would actually improve the game. Um, that could be a personal thing. Like I say, I hate cops that, that have one winner. I think it's nonsense. So the clear winner is Sentinels of the Multiverse. I don't think it works as a five-player game. There's too much downtime, and the game gets a bit too easy. Four-player, I think I would want someone to choose their heroes so that there's a good chance of them working well. And I'd want everyone to really know the game quite well as well because there can be too much downtime. Three player for experienced players or actually what I do sometimes is and it's a bit selfish maybe I run two heroes and the other two have one hero each because four heroes is where the game is balanced at and although they've done sort of a change with the enhanced edition it's still four heroes is where the game works best when you get down to two players and one players if you've got two players who know the game well and they can take two heroes each that is really really fantastic that just works so well because you're both involved constantly if you both know the game really well then you both can appreciate everything that's going on and the interactions and you can really discuss what the possibilities are and you'll have an idea of where the heroes you have can go what cards are likely to come out what sort of a tableau you can build and what way you can shape what you're doing as a team and it's the only game, I'm telling you, that I enjoy playing solo. I hate solo games. I have a computer with a Steam account full of dozens of games I never play from those bloody Steam sales. All right? I, that's what I'll do if I'm by myself. But I will also play Sentinels by myself. It's the one game I give the exception to. Because when you're running that four-hero team, the stories come into play so beautifully. When things happen, it really hits you home. And, and I think it works so, so well. Sentinels is a personal favourite of mine. It's in my top five games ever. I don't think it's the perfect game. It's not a game I'd get out for everyone. It's a game that I know that when I'm first introducing it to people, it's quite possible they're not going to enjoy. I really try and say to them, just play a few more times, play a few more times. It's hard to give as an unbiased recommendation. It's a fantastic game because it could be for you. It might not be for you. But personally, I just think it is a fantastic game. This is a pit fight, so we do have to agree on who's going to be the winner in this confrontation of all these superheroes. Now, making it absolutely clear, these are three games that we all enjoy. They were always likely to be enjoyed by us because we are, like we said, superhero fans. And these themes really, really match up for us. We have a lot of fun with them. When it comes down to it, I think Legendary... Sean, you put it in third place. For me, it was second. That's gone out of the running. DC was Sean's favourite. For me, unfortunately, it was in my last place, so that didn't quite make it. So, Sean, our winner of the superhero pit fight is... It's Sentinels of the Multiverse, Ronan, and well-deserved. Thank you for listening to episode 7 of the Game Pit podcast, The Pit Fight, where we talked about those superhero games, Sentinels of the Multiverse, Legendary and DC Deck Builder. You can find all our episodes along with other written, audio and video gaming goodness at 2d6.org. You can follow us on Twitter, we are at Game Pit Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, it's thegamepitpodcast at gmail.com and come and join us on our guild on Board Game Geek and have a chat over there. Theme by Eva.